Hey guys and welcome to the Trauma Sanctuary. We have such a beautiful radiant soul on here and she's bringing all of the beautiful weather from Mexico because it is freezing here in Northern <laughs> Ireland. So I'm hoping that sunshine is just felt in this exchange. So do you want to begin by just telling us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself? Yeah, cool. Thanks so much for having me this morning. I'm super excited for this conversation. Um, my name's Melody and I work in the realms of sacred sexuality and feminine embodiment. So I guide women um, to have a deeper intimate relationship with their physical body. Um, I'm like super passionate about deconstructing the way that we live in a really masculine sense in all the ways and kind of rebirthing and reintroducing women and men and anybody that wants to receive this medicine to live in a more feminine way of being. I fully believe that that's kind of the way that we're evolving and that's the way that we're moving at this time. And yeah, I'm just here in support of that mission. And you're an embodiment of it. And I can really feel that. And even when I came on to feel your presence, I can feel that soft, gentle energy, which is so beautiful because for me, you know, someone's doing the work when they're embodying what they're actually teaching because mm. So many people out there, they're preaching, but they're not teaching. It's a different level of leadership. So thank you so much for being an embodiment of the divine feminine. And really what comes up for me, and this is something I really want to um, delve into, is my my lineage is very masculine. So my mother would be very much in that masculine energy. She worked like 70 hours a week when I was younger. It's very much ball busting and... You know, even in her presence, you can feel how masculine her energy is. So for me, it's been a massive like backwards of trying to rewire my mind to be in my feminine while I'm surrounded by the masculine. So is this something that you experience quite often? Yeah, fully. I mean, that was my own journey as well. I was yeah. deeply in my masculine. I guess my mum, I was grown up as she was a single mother. So she ran the masculine, held the masculine and the feminine pillar, but predominantly the masculine, you know, like the masculine side of us is the part of us that actually helps us um, to exist and get yeah. things done and like do the things. So not only was she my sole care provider, she was also like the sole breadwinner for the family. Um, and then I look at the lineage and like, my grandmother was super alpha as well, like big personality. Um, and I think there's so much medicine in being able to hold yourself. And then there's so much medicine in being able to be held. And I think that's really like what we, I know for me, it's like my deepest longing, my deepest yearning is just to be deeply received and deeply held so that I can soften. You know, we've held so much for so long. And I do think that we're, slowly slowly shifting out of that and coming into deeper internal union so that we can have deeper external union yeah I want to well you're mirroring so much back to myself the grandmother the mother I'm like yes because it's like literally that is my life and I actually want to delve deeper into that because that's actually an emotional topic for me I was so heavily in my masculine because I was going through healing my own stuff right and when you're in that state of like being deep in whatever's going on you don't feel safe to actually embody your feminine mm. and I really struggled with this because I had so much projection of you should be in your feminine it's the only way you're going to heal and I was like you actually don't understand like I do not feel safe 
to come out of my masculine and into my feminine because I'm not being received. Mm-hmm. And this is huge. I didn't actually realize how big this medicine was, but just being like able to be and soften into your presence and be held by, you know, someone outside of you, that's what enables us to make that paradigm shift from the masculine to the feminine. When people are in that limbo of, oh my gosh, I have to be here, and they're not, they don't feel safe to drop into their feminine, what would your, like, number one thing be so that you can start making that transition? Yeah, I love this. I feel like it is a full survival mechanism being in the masculine, you know, it's like, because that's masculine piece is really protecting the most tender parts of yourself. And I think for anybody wanting to get into this work, the first and only piece I can ever recommend is to slow down, like wherever you are in whatever part of your journey, slow down, whether that's like you starting with creating space for you to slow down whether that's like you breathing more consciously, whether that is like you being on some kind of path of whatever it looks like, but taking it slower. And like, I think that's the biggest initial piece for anybody. It's like, where are you moving faster than actually what is your natural pace? Because that's the override of the feminine. That's where we live in this like patriarchal way of existing, of like needing more, doing more, existing nervous system overload. And it's like we actually, the slowing down is where we start to allow ourselves to drop. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much comes up for me in that because I had this like workaholic tendency, which is passed down through my lineage. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm blessed because kind of that chapter helped me birth so much in sh- such a short space. But then when I went deeper and fell into my patterns through my ancestral and and looked at the women, I realized, oh, my gosh, this this is like a pattern that we overwork, like to overcompensate and keep us in that busy state. And I think for me, when I was dropping back into my natural flow of being, because that's what the feminine is to me, being and embodying the masculine and being able to move from that state and combining the two of them into unity and for me the the only way I was able to do that was being present with all that is so am I being present in this moment and the more I kind of was willing to be conscious to come back to myself I'm not being present the more I was kind of rewiring myself and my nervous system to be in everything I was doing because when I'm like Try and slow down, try and slow down. It's like you're still in that masculine energy, right? It's like you're doing it from um, a masculine state. And I see it so often. I have people come to me and they're like, Da-da-da-da. I'm like, but you're not falling in. Mm-hmm. And the only way for me I could actually make that shift was just keep being present, keep coming back to this moment. And eventually you just end up slowing down. Momentum just gets slower. Everything is easier because I am someone who's had burnout, adrenal fatigue. I've suffered from all those things from being in the masculine. And yeah, that's been a massive transition for me. It's just to be conscious of how I'm doing things. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, what came through was like, this this one piece of wording that I absolutely love that is like mastery is the ability to be with what's true and like that's actual mastery of your life is like when you can actually be with the truth of what is and not overriding it 
Um, so I just wanted to share that. And then I also think I want to speak to like, so I've, I've had PCOS and um, polycystic ovaries for those who don't know, that don't know. And um, I've done like extensive amounts of research on it. I've, I've got over 23 cysts on my right side and then about 11 on the left. Um, the right side of the body is the masculine. I've been on a huge healing journey with this. Um, excruciating pain. Yeah, it's been huge. And this, what the root cause of PCOS is, is rejection of the feminine. And I think a lot of women, like we have an epidemic of poor women's health, like endometriosis. And this is like, it, I know that you're really deep into ancestral work, but endometriosis is kind of like... Um, sexual abuse through the ancestors that have been passed down and that's like the residue of the tissues that reside in the body and it's yeah. like we actually need to do this work because yeah. we have an epidemic of chronic illness within women like chronic fatigue chronic womb issues birthing yeah. issues all this kind of stuff and it's like it's so much bigger than what we than what we try to articulate in these podcasts you know it's like yeah when we're trying to have these conversations it's like no 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 it's so much bigger than this um and I do feel like you know I'm a huge 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 believer that sickness is the manifestation of emotional issue and 100%. when I went on this journey of this PCOS which has been a huge part of my journey and I'm still on it and like healing is definitely not linear and yeah it's a huge part of my life I've had to navigate my whole life around mm -hmm. my bleeds right and um, when I went on this journey, just so much started to click in of like all the set, how much sense it made, you know? And I was like, it, it makes so much sense. Like there's actually no other way. It's like a full nervous system response. Oh yeah. Mm. And I'm just like, cause this is every, I'm so passionate about this. And sometimes I, just, I literally get so frustrated sometimes cause I'm like, you don't realize how big this is. Like this mm -hmm. is huge. and. I've struggled with my menstrual since I was 12 and I am someone who has experienced abuse and I have had it as well in past um, previous women in my family. It's been kind of a thing that's been playing out and I feel like I got everything in my body. Nobody else has suffered with anything that I have to my extent and even my mother has struggled to comprehend my level of suffering. She's like, I don't understand because I've been in hospital, I've been in morphine, I've passed out. Like, people don't understand the severity of this. And every time I have my bleed, trauma comes up. It's like every time I have that time of coming into, you know, that experience, it's an initiation. And this is what people don't actually understand. And I've had cysts, endometriosis, the whole mm. shebang. I, at the same with you, I'm still, it's still a journey, I'm still unraveling. I personally had to hear curses, sexual abuse, like there has been deep stuff that sometimes it's challenging because you're like, why the hell is this all been put on me? Why am I doing this? Because it's like, it's lifetimes of stuff and we're one human being and we're clearing it. And that's where for me, it's the most powerful work. And I honor you so much because I know how challenging and adverse that is. Like most of the time I'm just crying and, you know, that's the only way I can deal with it. It's just to allow myself to grieve for my womanhood, for my sisters, for the collective. I even get emotional talking about it because I know this is not me and I'm not alone walking this journey. And I feel like every time I go deeper, I'm not doing this for myself. 
I'm doing it for all women across the world. And that's why I'm so, oh my gosh, I, I just want people to wake up to how potent this work is. Because the truth is, if we don't address this as women now, our generational lineage is going to continue to suffer because we're not willing to accept the call to be the healer of self. Um, that's what motivates me every single day. This is not for me. This is for our children, our grandchildren. This is for the world we're going to create for them. So mm. thank you so much for being a part of that because it's something that I feel like is so needed right now for us to create a new world. Like I, I, I'm just, yeah, it's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing your journey. Um, endometriosis is a hard journey. It's hard, so really feeling you in that. Yeah. yeah. It is a challenging one now, but coming back to, I don't know if this is something that you've experienced. It has really helped me come into being at one with myself. <laughs> so for me, a huge pattern that I've had and I think this plays into the dynamics of the feminine and masculine is escapism of oneself when we are initiated and something like this or whether it's something else that calls us to become the healer my like my brain just goes into run the hell away from this it's like something that's been passed down and it's a huge pattern within my family and um, dynamics it's just escapism and that's where the chronic fatigue the burnout, all of that comes into play. And um, for me, it's been, I feel like a lot of my journey relations, womb, because we spoke about this as well, um, celibacy, mm -hmm. all the creations from, you know, healing those aspects of self have helped me really become intimate. And that was my, I mean, I ran away from any form of being present with myself because I was afraid of my truth. I was afraid of what I was going to see within me. I was running my whole life from things that I suppressed, shunned, and I just thought that I couldn't deal with my own demons. But it's funny because when I accepted that initiation through all of these different calls, you know, the womb, I, I just had to keep knowing that this was initiation to learn to be intimate with oneself. And I know that we had a conversation about this and this is where I really clicked for you and I was like, yep, this is divinely aligned. Um, you had a similar initiation with when you become your journey of intimacy. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when you have this deep, excruciating thing, chronic thing within your womb, you kind of have actually no choice. You yeah. know, like it's so loud that you actually yeah. don't have any other choice but to be with it and just like understand it and pre and that's the intimacy, right? Um, yeah, I think we spoke around like my journey of escapism. I feel like it was more kind of like abandonment of self is what I would mm -hmm. see it as. And it was like me constantly seeking for connection and intimacy outside of myself. And I was, yeah, on a massive of having unconscious sex for a really long time and then I went on cold turkey and did celibacy which ended up being five years of celibacy which is huge you know I was 24 at the time and like to have such a peak me in my prime and I was like not in my prime at all and I was just constantly getting the reflections of being painfully guided back to myself mm -hmm. and I 
didn't want to be with myself. I didn't want to see myself. I didn't want to meet myself. And it was five years of me like seeking outside. Like mm. I'd physically sought outside before. So I was having all the interactions of unconscious sex and having a lot of sex, et cetera, et cetera. And then I chose the celibacy path, but I was still grasping outside. And it was like this painful go back, go back, go back in every single sense. Um, mm. And then I finally took a breath and I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this. So I actually went on a tantra training. Um, and that was like, that was the first time that I actually felt what it means to feel at home in my mm. body. It was like one of the most profound experiences ever. And I spent a week long in a container of just continuously journeying and meeting myself. And yeah, that was like, it basically I was like this is the most important thing that I will devote the rest of my life to mm, so powerful and there's so many like I'm getting so many like gold moments and truth bombs just coming in as you speak that through and I'm actually channeling my third book at the moment which is about sacred union with oneself and how we become intimate through sexuality um, one of the things that was downloaded for me, because this is a huge part of my experience, is there's this massive scale between the frigid, which is the woman who won't have sex, and the whore, and which is the woman who sleeps around. And there's a massive imbalance, and there's no meeting in the middle of having a healthy, healthy sexuality. Mm. And I was downloading this book, and I was like, oh, pull me out, <laughs> because that's literally been my path, right? I, I was kind of very similar. I was very overly uh, sexually active, because for me, I, I attached sex to love because of my childhood trauma. So that was a massive attachment that caused me to go in that lane. And then my marriage ended, and I went into celibacy for four years. It was the deepest journey I've ever been and I don't regret it, but there was still that seeking outside of self. And I actually went through a Kundalini awakening this year, which activated that third book. And it was something similar, but oh my gosh, like I was clearing past lifetimes from my womb, miscarriages mm. from my womb, babies that I'd lost in previous lifetimes. All of this stuff was like pulled out of my body that was preventing me from being home. And that was a something I've never experienced because I went through two different parts of my life where I was overly then I was overly active sorry and then I wasn't active and then boom this kundalini and I was like what the hell mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I, you're mirroring back so many aspects of my own journey and do you know what that moment when you are seeking that place of home for so long and I know for me I feel like it's something that not just self has searched for but our whole lineage has but when we can find that within ourselves it's like like we've been given something that is so precious and when you attain that and you can reach that space you will do whatever it takes to remain on that journey it's like I have to be my home for myself mm. and I think that's what called us in to do this work right it's because we want other women to feel that we want everybody to feel that whether you're man or woman everybody should be at home in their vessel so mm. tell me a little more about that journey after you went on that one week experience how did you continue to stay in alignment 
with being home within yourself. Yeah, it's funny. It's like I just, the practices, you talk about embodiment at the beginning, you spoke about it, and it's like I just devoted myself to my practices. It was just like I can, when you, I think when you start to feel that thing and like mm. that, that, that anchor of what it means to be at home in yourself and you have a deep connection to yourself, it's actually really challenging to go off piste. Like when I was younger, it was so much easier. I could mm. just do all these things and not feel anything. Like I might feel like a bit of shame the next morning, but like I can't do anything now and get away with it. Um, and I think like, yeah, it, it was just, I just devoted myself fully to the practices. And I think that like seeking outside of ourselves, this was my experience was I was, I'm just, I was just desperate for connection. I just wanted to experience what love felt like and I wanted to experience what being held felt like and I wanted to experience what like being in connection with somebody or something felt like like at the time I was taking a lot of drugs you know and that's like also an out of sight out of self experience it's like you'd get high so that you could feel this intimacy with your friends mm. you know and like yeah. it would open me into experiencing what true what intimacy was and I think like what the work this work has given me and is a constant reference point is like I can experience that connection within mm. myself at any point should I choose it and then it allows me really only to be in connection of connection of truth because mm. that radar is so strong that it's like oh, I just can't do it like it just doesn't feel true mm. It's funny because uh, when you said as well, I had no choice. It's like when we awaken that part of self where we're like, right, that's it now. There's no, like, we can't go back. <laughs> There's only, like, that path. There's only that activation. That's our new journey. And that was very much kind of what happened to me. It's like I can't go back to sleep. I'm awake now to this within me. I'm home. This is my remembrance. And anything else just doesn't align with me because, well, this is where I am. Fully, and like that doesn't mean that it's easy. Like I fully had a moment yesterday, and I'm sure that you'll re re resonate. But this is my work, right? So this is a business mm -hmm. for me as well. I'm an entrepreneur, and all parts of me yesterday were just like, oh, I just want to abandon this thing. Like I just want to give it up, and you know, the part of you that just wants to go and get a normal job or just like fall back asleep, and it's like you can't. You actually can't. It does. It's painful sometimes. <laughs> yeah, fully. It's like this is hard, but it's yeah. the most like when you feel that sense of real connection and you're like sitting in nature and you just experience what it means to actually fucking be alive or like you meet somebody and there's that intensity of truth and it's yeah. like this is why I do it so that I can be in connection and not be shut down. I lived my life in so much closure, like mm. painful amounts of closure. And I thought that I was living and existing that fully, fully <laughs> judging everyone, just like wanting everyone to be away from me. Like, and I still have those parts of me, you know, yeah. that still exists where I'm just like, it is so much easier for me to close off right now and just close all the way down and just go and lock myself in my bedroom. And it is like a full practice commitment and devotion to being the thing that I know is the real thing. 
that's it. I literally like you're just mirroring me. Like I, you, if you'd have met me like thirteen years ago, I wouldn't like I just like that was just me. Like my family used to be like, why does she always sit in corner with her arms crossed? I didn't want to know. And even at times, I'm just like shut the world out. Like that's yeah. how I deal with things. It's just been it's been so long, and it's really taught me to stay present and grounded in uncomfortable places I don't ideally want to be and that's where the escapism kicks in and I want to run away and I want to lock myself in a room but it's like this forces you out of that right it's like you can't have those anymore you can't hold on to that it's not going to work here Um, and we desperately need more open women on the planet you know like I look at my lineage and I see it in the reflections of just how hardened my lineage of women are and it's like we need more open receptive we don't need to be powerless like you can be full fucking power you can run your empire you can be your mother you can but like we need reception we need openness we need willingness we need like women that can see men for all that they are and like stop being so hard by life life is hard we don't need to be hard to life you know that was my greatest initiation because I had a lot of distorted views around the masculine Mm. um I'll actually go into this a little bit because this would be a good conversation I think for a lot of people I had so much like I just blamed men for everything because of my past, right? I had childhood abuse, there was sexual trauma, like there was just so much and I just hated men in general. I just didn't have the capacity to sit and acknowledge that they were a human being. And my activation began, I think, 10 years ago when I lost the closest thing I had to a father to suicide. It made me want to actually understand men in a way that I no longer dishonor them because I seen his struggle with not wanting to speak up not wanting to tell people about his depression and the first time I stopped him the second time I didn't I wasn't so lucky and we lost a beautiful soul to this earth and I made a commitment I everything I've done I believe it is in devotion to him because I seen how much he was like hidden by these ways of how a man must a man must be and it wasn't until I went into the dating world after you know going through a separation that I realized how much I was still wounded with the masculine and the only way I could actually come out of that was to heal the masculine within myself because I was projecting from my own inner masculine 100% 100% and also coming it's like healing your own feminine your internal feminine like that's a lot of work you know because also a lot of what you're experiencing isn't necessarily yours either like the lens that you're seeing it through I was on a call with somebody the other day and they were guiding me into something and she was yeah she was guiding me into something and I was like oh I'm like rageful and she was like oh tell me about this rage and I was like I acknowledge it within myself but I see it in my mother like the mm-hmm. the like rage and resentment that is towards the masculine I see it in my mother and like I hold this too you know and it's like it's huge internal work and I think yeah we don't we can't see ourselves in the sense of how we project onto the masculine yeah it's it's a it's a it's a lot of work um it's huge I, I think there's a lot of 
light and fluffy stuff where people do the surface level, but that's not going to do crap if you ask me. Unless you get to the nitty gritty deep stuff, you're never going to actually be free of that because I am the same. Like you see the patterns in your mother, you see it passed down, and I both both women in my lineage lost their true loves. One, my nan lost her true love to cancer, and my mum lost her true love to suicide. So for me, like it's created all these distortions around. You know, I'll always lose the man I love. They're never going to be here because of, you know, all this tragedy that's happened. And that's where I was called to heal all these curses, heal the wounded feminine and masculine, heal the separation on planet Earth, because it's so much bigger than just those minute things. They're patterns, but it goes through the collective. Mm. And that's where I really had to step outside of myself and knew that this work was bigger than myself. But I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for all. Because for me, when I was going through healing the masculine and wanting to be the change, I have witnessed how there's so much like blame, shame, like so mm. much separation between men and women. And for me, that broke my heart. Like I have struggled to witness this and I can't save the world. I'm not here to fix people. I'm not here to tell people what to do, but I can play my part in bringing unity into me because I truly believe when we unify our masculine and feminine, that's when we bring unity to the collective because everything is a reflection of us. And I truly believe, me personally, it's the only way we can heal. Yeah. Yeah. 100% fully. Yeah. <laughs> You're just I'm like, like, yeah. I'm like, mic drop. Done. Yeah. <laughs> truly, though. Yeah. And again, it's not easy, but it's like, yeah, I think no. this path calls you and you just follow the call and you can spend your whole life resisting it. But I think once you take the bite, then you're like, okay, cool. Um, I, I have a quote, and this is what always what's catalyst me, actually, is choose your freaking suffering. You can suffer mm. and change nothing or you can suffer and change everything. Mm. I'm going to suffer yeah. either way, <laughs> you know? Because for me, when, when you are activated on this path, when you are chosen, when your soul came here to experience this, you're going to keep experiencing those calls till you actually decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be what I'm being called to be. So you're going to suffer regardless. You just have to choose your freaking suffering. Are you going to suffer because you're choosing to do the hard work? Or are you going to suffer because you're not willing to look at what needs to be healed? Yeah. Yeah. And can you bring can you just start being in conscious relationship with what's playing out for you? Yeah. And that is hard, right? It's so oh. hard. Like my nervous system was so, it took me months to overcome that because it just was so much. You have your inner child, you have patterns, you have generational lineage, you have the collective. It's like, Ooh, and then taking so... responsibility for all the things that you're manifesting is like yeah. the most painful thing ever it's like what do you mean yeah <laughs> and it's like how the hell sometimes I, I zoom out of myself and I'm like how am I holding this honestly how are we doing it because we're not and I think that's the powerful thing about women actually we are able to hold a multi-dimensional world and yeah. I don't know how we do it I honestly don't know but sometimes I'm like what how how am I doing this <laughs> Yeah, but you do get to the point on your journey when you can sit and laugh about it. Oh, yeah. You know? you have to. <laughs> Fully. 
if yeah. I don't laugh, like I will be in a corner, like rocking myself, like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Literally, I feel like if I don't laugh and just like make it as light as possible, I will be rocking myself like an insane person in the corner. So I'll just laugh my way through my ascension because it keeps me freaking sane. Yeah, and I think like as you do evolve and move through all of the things, like you. I don't like the word rewarded, but like you are reflected in it back in your reality. You do, you see it and it comes to yeah. you and it flows and it's like, oh, cool. I, like things are shifting. Yeah. And that's the best feeling. I actually had a call this morning. I was so drawn to connect with this soul and she was mirroring back a really painful time that I had went through and she was like telling me about it. And I was like, oh my God, like I was there. I'm not joking. Like six months ago like that's the place I was in and I was called to guide her to be where I am now and that's what I love so much it's those moments I'm like oh my god I get to bring her in a higher way in a way that I didn't bloody know how because I was just figuring out as I go along to Mm. where I am now in a way that I can support her and she was just like you're gonna hold my hand through this and for me that is everything because I'm just like I held my inner child through that. I walk as a mother and father of self. I got mm-hmm. me to where I am now. And now I'm able to do that like for this other soul who's in a deep, deep time of ascension and awakening. And they're, they're the moments you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This totally. is work. And, uh, and I think for me, and I don't know about you, but duality is what keeps me centered as a human being. In having those moments of despair, I'm able to appreciate and 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 just love so much deeper. I have learned compassion. I've learned empathy. Like I have been able to become a better version of myself because of being able to hold different vibrations. One hundred percent, the full range of the human experience. You know, it's yeah. like you can be grieving whilst experience deep gratitude. You know, yeah. it's possible to hold, like you said, yeah. to hold different frequencies. And I think that's the complexity of what being human is. We're kind yeah. of sold this like, oh, everything should just be like linear and one line. And you, you, you move out of depression and then you're happy for the whole time. And it's like, well, how boring. Yeah, how boring. You know? yeah, yeah, it's like we've come here to experience what it means to be human. So can we just lean in to what it means yeah. to be human as trying to control it? Yeah, I love this whole leaning. I'm hearing this ever at the moment. Leaning, I'm like, I'm leaning in. I'm, leaning. <laughs> I'm just hearing it everywhere, and it's so true, though. It's like, and I actually, I actually had a, a memory. I remember I was like crying on the bathroom floor, one of my menstrual cycles, in so much pain, and I remember just like sitting there and being like, right, like how can I find home in this moment? And I know it's a bit of an extreme example, but I'm not joking. I was in the worst pain of my life and this like wash of divine energy came over me and I just started crying in like love. I was like, oh my God. And it's those moments where you're just like transmuting and alchemizing so much to feel then God's presence or universe, whatever. It's just like those moments. And you can't explain that to people because they're like, that's not normal. (laughs) But it is like, it's like we can find love in anything it doesn't have to be in a conditioned state love is everywhere in the midst of grief pain all of it it's always there never leaves us and I feel like that's such a big part of what we're yearning to feel is feeling Mm -hmm. 
like we are yearning to feel more always and Mm. it's like when you have this moment of deep pain and then you have kind of like this godlike experience where god moves through you and it cracks you it's like so humbling in yeah it's oh yeah it really is and for me I went through 12 years of numbing I was on antidepressants I had chronic depression for me coming into stabilizing my emotions and I feel like that's where the divine feminine comes into play is that feeling part of self that has been a huge part of my mastery and self acknowledging how I am as a being by witnessing okay I'm not numb anymore for me like it was this massive like shift because I've gone from not feeling anything to suddenly feeling everything and that was really hard for me and it took me years actually and I'm still sometimes I still struggle and I have to remind myself that I'm bigger than these experiences and they are not bigger than me because I feel like as well when you are in your feminine you feel so much Mm-hmm. Like it feels heightened and I've come into myself so much that that's where everything is so intense. I have to constantly step back and be like, okay, I can feel this, but don't let it be bigger than who I am. And that's also what living is. Like if we're just walking around numb, it's like you're kind of walking around half dead. Yeah. Yeah. The waking dead. <laughs> fully and I know that too that was my journey I was totally numb I didn't cry for like three years this was during my celibacy as well and it's like I don't want to live like that I want to live where I'm in I'm in deep connection and in deep touch with what's happening and what I'm experiencing and can yeah be with others experiences as opposed to like this disassociative experience and that's a huge part of it isn't it I went through dissociation for so long I'm actually starting pole dancing in a few weeks. Cool. Um, I'm doing, but I'm doing it like one-to-one and it's all sensual. So it's like connecting with my body, being mm. in my body. And I cannot wait because I went through dissociation for so long. I knew I needed something sensory to help me come back fully into. I said, I don't want all these mad dances. I don't need, like, I don't need a routine. Just help me connect with my body. Yeah. And I cannot wait to do that because I really want to connect to that sensual part of self because I don't know about you, I'm at a point I just say yes to whatever makes me feel alive, makes me feel like turned on, turned up, like whatever yeah. makes me feel those full body yes. Like I'm following that now. It's like there's no rules, you're not putting me in a box, I'm just gonna do what feels right to me in each moment and that's how I navigate my way now through my reality. Amen. 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 We should be saying, "A woman, amen." A woman. Um, I yeah, sensual movement has been like one of the deepest healing modalities that I've worked with. That was as one of the practices, and I actually run a monthly class. But it's just like coming deep into the body and having the visceral experience, and just like being with whatever is there. You know, and like either embodying your sensuality and being with your sexuality or just like being with the grief or whatever it is. And it's like sensuality is life. Mm. It's like it's actually feeling and being able to feel things move through the body. I think we have such a distorted view of what sensuality is and like what sexuality is. And they're two Mm. different things for sure. 
but sensuality really is like this ability to be with aliveness to be with softness to be in states of surrender like it's such Mm -hmm. a beautiful frequency and if I could recommend anything to anybody that's listening is like start a sensual movement practice be with your skin be with your body like actually start to touch your physical body like you would want a lover to and go on that journey of deep intimacy and self-exploration yeah I have have a like fake roses and I like rub them up my skin Mm. or I get like real petals and I just cover myself in the bath because for me as well it's easier to do this work from an embodied state so the more you can connect with your body the easier it is to integrate and that's when you allow quantum leap because if you don't do yeah. it from embodied state dissociation disorientation you need those two components to really like be as one so yeah. tell me what's next for you how can people work with you like what are you doing now tell us your cool. magic your medicine Thank you. Um, so I run a group program called The Returning, and that's a join anytime program. And that is really women learning their physical body. It's all the tools to teach you to have a relationship with your pussy, your womb. It's womb clearing. It's ancestral work. It's sexual expression, embodiment work. It's um, looking at dynamics of the sexuality and how we misuse it and that kind of stuff. It's like a beautiful container that I absolutely adore. And then you can work with me one-to-one in a four-month container, and that's called The Becoming. And then I have another program that I launch every April called The Opening. And, yeah, it's kind of the foundations of my work is The Returning, and that really is building the relationship with the physical body. I actually don't believe that the feminine can do anything without a deep connection to her life force, like her actual life force to her energy, to her sexuality, to her expression. That's, like, really the embodiment work. Um, and then the becoming is you becoming the fullest version of who you want to be. It's like business work, it's uh, sexuality work, it's shadow work, it's all energetic mastery. And the opening is feminine principles. So yeah, you can find me on Melody Lubin on Instagram. And yeah, just this work is so, it's everything. It's everything. It's, yeah, it's powerful. And I just, yeah, I wait for people to feel the call. Yeah, the, the innate call. Yeah, and I love even the vibration of the names of your courses. Like they just feel so divine, activated. Mm. Like you can just feel the numbness and like the real connection. And for me, when you're going to choose to work with someone, work with someone who's done the work. You know that and continues how... to do the work. Exactly. We don't that... ever stop. No, never ever. So if you see someone who's not doing the work, like just I wouldn't even bother like that's just my personal opinion you need to be led by someone who continues to be the leader of self Mm. so if you feel the call please reach out um and thank you so much for being here today it's actually been such an easy beautiful light flowing conversation and I really feel in my feminine Mm. so I see that you're you know really holding that space for women to come into that so thank you so much Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to chat to you. I'm so glad that we got to do this. Yeah, and we'll definitely be staying in communication because I can feel it. I just love your presence. It just feels mm. so divine. And most of all, thank you for doing the work for yourself. Thank you for being the change. Thank you for choosing to walk hand in hand with faith, even when it is adverse. I really honour you. Honestly, bowing down to you, you are a queen. Thank you. I honour and I see you. Thank you. Oh. Sending you so much love, sweetheart. Thank you.